podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome, Craig, to the programme. Um, director of We Are York, first episode already out on YouTube. Before yeah. we get into the process of how it came out, how pleased are you with the, the feedback? It all seems to have been positive so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be like, um, it seems to have gone down really well. I think it's just, yeah, it's getting a really good response. I think from my point of view, I were, before I kind of jumped into this project, I was kind of looking at what documentaries surrounded Rugby League, and and actually there's not many. There's not many at all. And um, there's some amazing characters connected to the sport. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of sacrifices that, that people make to kind of keep it going. And it's kind of one of those sports that, um, you know, I just kind of follow these amazing stories off field. So, you know, as soon as I met Clinton, he started giving me the lowdown of um, of the club's history and uh, this the, the new kind of point system that were coming out within the IMG's uh, approach after kind of, you know, kind of reimagining the game. I was like, hooked. I was like, this sounds great, you know. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm really happy with how things are going down. It feels good. It feels like people are enjoying it, which is good. How did the the idea come together then? Did did York come to you? Did you go to York? How how did the the whole process start? Yeah, well, actually, funnily enough, I'm always kind of on the hunt for interesting stories. Like I'm always emailing people, and I think I'm I'm originally from up, up north and from like near Pontefract. Um, so and rugby's always been like in my life. Like my 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 brothers play rugby, um, my cousins play rugby. You know, and so it's always kind of been there, and, and my I'm always kind of looking for, I guess, human stories. And, and I kind of reached out initially to Danny Kermond, who used to be the York's captain, um, in search for something like, you know, super open, really, about maybe is there any stories to tell within the club or any kind of commercial opportunities to bring something quite charged. And then, yeah, nothing really came of it. And then six months later, I got an email off Clint Goodchild, who's like the new chairman there. And he was like, look, I've um, I've got this, I've got a documentary idea. I'd love to... I would chat with you about it. So we ended up going to to Wembley actually and watching one of the um uh, uh one of the Challenge Cup finals and then he was just talking to me about um the new point system that's that's coming out and and how this could be the last opportunity for many many teams within the rugby league to kind of step up into the Super League. And um and then he just started going into the York um the your, the club's history um and the kind of characters that kind of make up the club you know on and off the pitch now i just like hooked about this is wicked and one thing he said to me which were like you know nailing the coffin he was just like and also i just i want you to stay away from the rugby pitch and focus on everything that goes on behind you know closed doors and and, and bring the real the real characters to surface because when you go watch a rugby game you kind of watch these gladiators come out on pitch and it it does feel like a lot of these players are quite untouchable but when you you know most of these players are are working full-time like you know through the week and then drive all the way over to york to to train and then i guess putting the livelihoods on the line when they you know when they play a game so i kind of want to tap into that side of things that that really interested me is like you know what what is the main you know it's just kind of tapping into the the real motivations behind the players and also the the people who run the club you know yeah 
I, I, that leads on to two questions. One is rugby league has said a lot that it's got characters, but it's never really known how to project them. Um, but I would imagine as a dramatist, um, um, now it's really hard if you don't know how these stories are going to end up to screw mm. them in the first place. Yeah. And I guess the other thing, you've got to think of a, a filmic style that best shows them off. So the only episode we've seen so far is almost in the style of a fictional drama rather than a factual one. Was that, again, a conscious decision? You know what? I think, like, I said to Clinton when we were doing this, I was like, who, who, with a documentary like this, you've got no idea how the narrative's going to unfold. So with this, with the filming process of this, like, you've got to completely let go of any rigid structure to, to the documentary. And going into it, it is a case of me going in, being invited into people's houses, you know, and um, and having a chat with these with these people, you know, with, within the club, like, and and it is literally a case of letting this, just listening to the conversations and allowing the story to take you to the next puzzle of the piece, you know. So, for example, I mean. Obviously, I've been kind of doing this. I've been kind of scratching the surface on this for like four months now. And literally, you know, sat down with Rihanna Marshall, who was, you know, part of the York Valkyries, and she's telling me all about her story. And afterwards, I just can't help but want to meet a mum and dad. So, you know, one week later, and I'm sat down with a mum and dad in Doncaster in the Ellen room and, and, and chatting to them about... Rihanna's upbringing and and how that shaped her as a rugby player, and then from there you you find yourself in some really interesting places. So, you know, never kind of went out to kind of make this a stylized piece. It was just all all about you know the characters, I guess. And obviously, we're you know not privy to what this costs, and nor should we be. But is this something that? every club could do because one of the things that IMG are bringing is not just a grading system, um, which York are not absolutely ideally suited for, as it turns out, because they're yeah. judged holistically rather than just on the performance of their men on the field. So it works for them. Um, but every club is now being um, viewed on how many eyeballs it brings to the club and the team. Yeah. Is this something that every club should be looking at doing? I mean, yeah, I said that. I were like, this story feels like, <clears throat> I mean, for me, I feel like every club right now should be, should be, you know, recording what's going down because it's it's a chess game. You know, every club's reshaping their approach this year and every club is going to have a complete different approach to the other, you know. And I find, like, I feel like there should be a film crew on every single club right now and, you know, with a with an idea of a documentary that that collaborates and you show the full picture of what's going on in rugby league but um you know like we all know there's there's not much money in rugby league you know it's it's a sport kind of held together by the people who love the game and even myself coming onto this it's not like um obviously there is funding but um there's not a lot of it and uh, you know i think it's I wish that I could kind of bring a crew on this and be surrounded by a team, but actually this is a one I'm doing this in, in a one-man band, you know, I'm doing this solo, which is good and bad. Like the good things is that you know you really get into the nuts and cracks of <laughs> of uh, of the stories and 
and essentially like this is about gaining trust with the players and, and the club and making sure that they understand that what I'm what I want to produce is something fucking good, like and something true and honest and, and something different. Like so yes, you can I mean if yes, I, I actually think all the clubs up up, you know, within the rugby league should be should be doing this. But I, I guess it all comes down to who's telling the story, right? Like, I don't know. It all comes down to, yeah, who's who's telling the story, um, and 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 what they really want to, what their approach is. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, we can attest to, to there being no money in rugby league. That is for sure. Um, yeah. The, one thing that struck me from the first episode, what is it, six, seven minutes long or something, is the the openness of the people you are speaking to. You mentioned Rhiannon Marshall, but also uh, Andrew Henderson in the the change room talking about his his life away from rugby league. And you've had that openness so quickly with these people. How how do you manage to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's not. It is definitely not an easy game. I mean. Um, again, it comes down to trust, you know, it comes down to trust. Like I sat down with uh, Andrew Henderson uh, for a long time uh, in, in them changing rooms and, and we chatted about a lot of things, you know, and actually when the interview was finished, it were like, he said to me, are you happy with that? You know, are you happy with what you got? And, and I were like, I think so, but, but actually, you know, I want, I want you to talk to me as a, as a real person, I'm not a sports presenter, you know, this is, there's no point in doing this unless people are going to be vulnerable and open because there just is no point in doing it. From that point onwards, we had a really honest conversation about what's going on, you know, and not only that, but just about what's going on in his life and his struggles and, and what he's bringing to the game and what sacrifice he's he's made. And obviously, like, after that conversation was finished, I made him aware that the camera was still rolling, but... And I'm never, you know, never going to, again, it's all about trust. So I'm never going to, you know, put put something, you know, it's about me looking at the story. And then obviously when this first episode were cut, I want to completely make sure that we're on the same page and I want Andrew to be happy with it. So I'll share it with him and make sure he's cool with that, you know. Um, but what's been really wicked about this documentary is that, Usually when I work within commercials, like the creative freedom is is minimal. You know, you've got a client that you please and you're getting paid for it. And don't get me wrong, I'm getting paid to do this documentary. Um, but Clint insisted that I have full creative freedom, which is game changer, which is great. You know, I'm an outsider to the sport. I don't play rugby. I think it works in my advantage to come into this as a complete rookie and go back to the basics of, you know, <laughs> how does it feel when you when you make it? You know, I'm talking like real raw basics of playing rugby. Like I'm complete. I'm com coming at this from from an outsider's point of view, and I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, IMG. I had no idea what the IMG was. I had no idea what the point system was. So this for me is like a it's a learning process. Um, but yeah, in terms of getting a really honest reaction out of like the people, it's just, 
I mean, I'm Northern born and bred, so we have an ability to to put the kettle on and, and have an honest chat. But it comes down to trust, you know, and it comes down to me and like, having a conversation with them and and letting them know what I want out of it. And hopefully we can find a middle ground. So, yeah. I, I don't use phrases like the creative process. It sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm speaking a language I don't really understand. But Phil will know because we do this YouTube channel. Pretty much everything we record, we put out. We can't. I, I, I can't be bothered doing too much editing because I, I'm lazy. But yeah. to make something like this, you've obviously got a lot of work behind it. How much haven't you put in so far to the first episode? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot in there. And 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 again, like this is there's so many conversations. Like you know, and there's some beautiful moments. You know, when we sit when I sat down with uh, with Neil and and spoke about, you know what this sport means, what kind of people like, are connected to the sport. And, and he, get, you know, he, he talks about the discipline within the sport, the heart that, you know, and that's a, that's a small, that's a very small piece to that interview. Neil's got an incredible story as well. Like a really great story. Like his background is rugby. Um, you know, the interview with Sinead and her dad, it's a tiny nugget that we got in there. Um, but the way I see it is we'd like to get um, an episode out every month. And so I want these stories to kind of drip. I want to spread them out a little bit. I don't think we can just, it's got to feel um, fabricated. Otherwise, I, I feel like a lot of these really beautiful points and stories that they're telling me will get lost. And I think you've got to be really, basically, you've just got to be more considered in terms of where you're going to put your stories and how you're going to plot them out. But I mean, it takes an incredibly long time to go through all the interviews and then start stitching this thing together, you know. Um, I mean, even the score, like I'm kind of making the score myself as well on the piano and <laughs> just trying to create the sound as well. I don't know. It, there's a lot that goes into it that, that, that won't be seen. Um, it's a process. It's a long process, but I fucking enjoy it. I love it. So, yeah. Did you have a particular style in mind or were you basing it on maybe an NFL documentaries that we've seen before or some of the 3030s that have been on, um, you know, pay-per-view, pay Netflix, obviously now everybody's talking about. Did, did you have an idea of how you wanted it to look? Um, you know, what? I didn't, but I, I think like I've, I've been, I've been filmmaking like uh 15, 15 years and whatever, as a director, as a filmmaker, whatever, you kind of, you find your tone of voice in there, do you know what I mean? You find what your fingerprint is. And so what you see in, in that doc is definitely a piece of me. And like, I'm from the North, you know, I know, I know we've all seen them document. We know what rugby is. We know it's hard. We know it's tough, but actually I want to see a doc that taps into something a little bit different that taps into the heart of it. So I always kind of want this blend of like, you know, this kind of, you know, there's a kind of hardness to it and it's, it's the north, isn't it? It's it's Barnsley. It's, it's not just York. You know, these players live in Castleford, Barnsley, Bradford, and, and the backdrops that, you know, the backdrops of these places, you know, are full of character. You know, it, it is what it is. And and so I never really wanted this. I didn't really want this to feel like a polished piece. I wanted it to just be honest, you know. I'm not taking any lights. I'm using our natural daylight. And whatever your kitchen looks like, that's... And wherever you sat, that's what it's going to look like. I think that cut with the more kind of, yeah, you know, I wanted it to feel honest and authentic. And that is the approach that I, I guess that goes with it. Um, 
documentaries is funny because like it's not about how they look it's just about the content it always is about the content i could shoot it on my phone like but if what they're saying is is uh is not connecting or is you know there's no relevance to to what they're talking about it just won't work so yeah it's less style more substance i think but, but um, there, there. I mean, you, you look at the interviews with Andrew Henderson and his relaxed pose in the dressing room is not what you would expect from a, a head coach, especially in the knowledge that his players are going to be seeing the documentary. And I, you, you wouldn't have come across, I would imagine, a series that was called Rugby League Raw um, that was produced by Yorkshire Television, won awards, which re- literally was pointing a camera and whatever came out uh, you know, was was put out, but but there was a real authenticity about it, and it hadn't been done before. Again, is that something that's in the back of your mind that that is a quality you want to get over? Obviously, I have like my questions written down for each each subject, but before you get there, you sat down for a good fifteen twenty minutes just talking about life. Like honestly, I think with stuff like this, like in order for other people to to open up with me, I've got to really open up with them. So they end up knowing a lot more about me than actually I know about them. So you've got to be really vulnerable. And mm-hmm. so I come away from this and the whole club knows about my problems. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm sharing like just as much as they're sharing. And I think that's important. Yeah. So it, it, I guess it, it's, it's obviously fascinating because as you say, you don't know where this story is going to go next in terms of the general narrative of the things you're filming next week. What, do you have any idea what you're expecting when you back up at York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the kind of ne- the next chapter for me, like, again, this is kind of presenting itself as it, as it's going. But um, I love the York. I mean, what the the one piece of the club that fascinates me is the York Valkyries, is the women's team. Um, I sat around the table with those guys last week, and I was like pen and paper finally got them all sat down together and I'm like cool and uh what do you do through the day and um one of the girls was like oh I'm I'm a, I'm a copper I'm a policewoman I'm like, oh, amazing and then that's the girl next to me I says oh and what do you do and she was oh, I'm I'm in the army I'm like oh that's interesting and then what do you do and uh she's part of the infantry and she guards the queen's palace you know and you got these characters and it's just you couldn't write it, you know what I mean? And and for me, I was like, I want to talk to these guys. I want to really get to know the, the Valkyries and, and see what that's about. And as soon as I started doing that, and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I also want to know what the York Knights are about. So I feel like the next episode for me focuses on the players. The players. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of the everyone's uh, way into the sport is completely different. Um, it's interesting. It's really interesting. I, I mean, especially from, the, from the, the Valkyries point of view, you know, we're talking to girls who have been playing in car parks for the last five years, you know, not on a pitch that's, you know, not on any pitch, but they've been, they've been playing in really shit conditions and, like, they are the first female team to get paid within rugby league this year. You know, it's massive. And they're really smashing through the walls, like for the upcoming female players, you know. Um, and for me, I was just like, 
five years ago when you're playing rugby, I guess like a lot of us when we play a sport or I don't know, we make a podcast or we I don't know, we 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 uh we get a job, we want to get better of it. We want to get better at the job and we want to see a future. Like, you know, the girls have been playing years, but there's never been a clear future for them in the sport. Like I want to know about that. Like, what as as a person, as an individual, why 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 did you keep playing rugby? It comes down to a lot of things. It comes down to that they fucking love the sport. They love the people who play the sport. It's the community. Like it's the feeling. It's the contact. And you know that stuff fascinates me because it's just like. Um, it disregards money, it disregards career. It's just pure and like, I miss that as an adult. I miss going to the skate park on my BMX and just having fun at the skate park, you know. It's all completely pure and I love I love that. I love talking to him about that. I find it fascinating. This is almost an impossible question to, to answer, but how does this find an audience outside of rugby league? Because obviously everyone in rugby league follows your on social media or whatever, they've seen it. Word of mouth's got around and people of uh, from other clubs will have seen the first episode and looking forward to the second. How how does it find an audience outside of our bubble inside rugby league? Yeah, how does it find an audience outside? Again, I think it's like, again, I think it's about keeping it away from the pitch and 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 like, you know, and, and making it something that, that we can all connect to as people. Like, you know, we are York, like, I know that I want people who live in York and like, you know, across the country to watch this, not because it's about rugby, but just because it's about the characters involved. I want people to go watch the rugby game because they've seen an interview with Rihanna Marshall and heard her story and want to see her on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I want to kind of stay as far as away from the pitch as possible and just get into the kind of nuts and cracks of what their lives are like. You know, I want to. I want to get. I want to go with Jack Teenby on on job and watch him. You know, in on a building site and and grafting, and then I want to jump in car with him and and go to him training and yeah, you know, see see what these guys are really sacrificing for it. Like that shit's contagious. Like love that stuff. Um, it's inspiring. Like regardless of what sport you're playing, you just the dedication that these guys put into it. It's massive. It's great. You say that it's got to be away from the pitch to be successful, but clearly what happens on the pitch is going to determine a lot of the attitudes around the club. You know, Andrew Henderson might not be quite as amenable in week four as he was in week one if he's dealing with a team that isn't winning or playing to its potential. And York Valkyrie have got the, the target on their head this year because they're the defending champions. So you are going to have to bring in, I would imagine, elements of what's happening on the pitch. Definitely. I'm definitely going to bring elements of what's happening on the pitch. But regardless of what happens on the pitch, it will not affect the story. Like, if York lose every match and they fail and they, you know, this, you know, the dream of the Super League dream, you know, diminishes, like, you've still got a, a real emotional story there. Um, you know, in, from my point of view, I'm going to be smack in the middle of it. Like, if they do great, we've got a great story following them. If they do terrible, 
things are going to get really emotional for a lot of the players. And you're going to see that, you know. So regardless, win or lose, like rugby means everything to these lot. And uh, yeah, that makes no difference to me. I just know that regardless, like you're going to have a really good story. One of the things the sport prides itself on is its accessibility. Um, in, in many respects, that's around the players uh, and the coaching staff. And it's, it's almost harking back to a different era of sport that football has certainly lost. Um, have you found that everybody's been totally open and available to you? Or are there some reluctant heroes or characters that say they don't want to be featured, that you're going, oh, I really, really would quite like to get your story? I'm still feeling it. I'm still feeling them out at the minute. I think it were always, it were always a few of the players had like seen some of my past work and gone, oh great, sweet, I'll get me in. Like I really want to get involved. Um, uh, you know, some of the players haven't. Um, so what were quite interesting uh, last week is we actually premiered the episode one at Cineworld for the players, and we did a bit of a uh, premiere for them just to show them it. You know. <laughs> And after after that, I mean, bloody link crashed. But after that, everyone in the club gets what we're trying to make here. Um, and a lot of the players that I guess I felt were a little bit distant when I first started um, came up to me willingly and were like, look, let me know when you want to come around and chat to me. I'd love to tell you my story. And a lot of the Valkyries came straight up to me. So, again, it comes down to trust. It comes down to, like, trusting whoever's telling you, telling the story and... They don't know me, do you know what I mean? And but I take a lot of pride in my work, and like I know that if someone's telling me a story, I want to, I want to make sure, you know, present it in a way that someone's going to feel something. I guess so. Yeah. Now we at the um, let's say peak or saturation point of sports documentaries at the moment because it does seem that there are quite a lot of them. The Wrexham one's obviously got lots of uh, feedback. Formula One in America is almost built on their series on on Netflix. So. Is there anywhere else we can go as uh, as as a genre if if sports documentaries are a genre indeed? Yeah, they definitely have become a genre, aren't they? Yeah, I definitely feel that, and I guess that was the point with that. Were always, I guess, um, not a reservation, but like from my point of view, when I was chatting to Clint, you know, the Wrexham doc is definitely in a similar world, um, but this is rugby league. <laughs> And there's nothing out there in rugby league. And every documentary I've watched, um, I don't want to say every, but a lot of the, a lot of the docs, a lot of the more stylized content, I just feel lacks that real honest look into it. And I've trolled the internet, you know. I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, I'm going off the question here, but I guess. <clears throat> The whole point of this is to make something different, honest, premium, something that, you know, gives you a good look into the sport and the thread that it hangs on, do you know what I mean? Because and it feels like it hangs on a thread. It feels like a lot of the clubs uh, are going to have a really tough year, you know. And uh, and what does that even mean at the end of this year to rugby league? What impact is that going to have, like, good or bad? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I guess platforms, 
I don't know. I don't really know. I try not to think about that stuff. I think just carry on making making work, making stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, as, as I kind of follow up then, the final one for me is, and you mentioned earlier, you know, you could go out there and do this on your phone or whatever. It's about the, it's about the content, not the way it's presented necessarily. Yeah. You know, clubs out there who haven't got the budget, you know, would you suggest, you know, I don't know, go to their local local college, find some students who want to get experience making something and let them loose on, on a project like this? Obviously, it's not going to be the same kind of thing, but if, if you haven't got the budget to hire a, a, an award-winning director, what, what do you do? Definitely. I think you go straight to universities. Like, you're going to get hungry filmmakers who have, would, would absolutely love to get in the thick of it, you know. I know I would. I would, I would, you know, even at, you know, even now I will like always hunting for stories. Yeah. I think filmmaking is like so accessible these days. You, you know, you know, you can do it all on your phone. You've got AI sorting your sound out. You've got, you know, you can even get AI to cut your edits if, if you really want, you know, but you know, if I were a club, I'd be looking for young, hungry, upcoming filmmakers who want to make some cool stuff and and ta- and, and be, you know be part of the fabric of the club. It, it it's tough. It's really tough because it definitely is about the individuals you find. Like, but yeah, I think it's there's so many young filmmakers out there. I think they'd love to get their, their teeth into something like this. Yeah, especially up north. Yeah. You, you keep coming back to the characters and the individuals, and that is what's going to make or break it. But I guess you were quite fortunate in the fact that you, three of your main characters in Clint himself and the two coaches, Lindsay yeah. and Andrew, they're yeah. not actually shrinking violets. So if you were to um, start with that blank sheet of paper and write down the profile of the characters that you wanted, you've actually already got them. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some charismatic characters within uh, within the club, yeah. But you know what? I... For me, like, I don't want to kind of give away how I do the interviews, but when I do these interviews, what's really interesting is that uh, I, you know, I did an interview last week with one of the Valkyries teams, with the Valkyrie players, and she's very quiet, you know, really quiet. And on the pitch, I think she's quite loud. And and at work, I think she's quite loud. But as as an individual, she's really quiet. And something nice about that I think as a whatever as a filmmaker I always allow that space so what's interesting talking to people and even Clint when he when I first set up the camera with Clint he looks a bit uncomfortable you know I think this is new for everyone and um, I like to just let the camera roll a little bit and give some space to the people in between questions to let them reflect on what they've said. And what I find, which is quite interesting, is that sometimes what happens is there's an uncomfortable space between conversation. And sometimes these players or these club members, they try and fill that space, you know. <laughs> they try and fill this space. And, 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 and then before they know it, they're going on to something completely different. And you've got this real relaxed conversation that feels honest, you know. Um, on the opposite side to that, allowing for space within your interviews and even turning the camera on and just, I just pretend to have a little tinker. I just pretend to do stuff that that I'm not. And it's interesting to watch the playback because they're all kind of getting ready. And, you know, you see a really honest portrait 
of what these characters are and whether they're charismatic or not, like or whether they've got, you know, some people are louder than others or carry themselves differently. You cut all those characters together and it's it's, it's beautiful, you know, it's wicked. Like I, I don't think it really matters. I think with a club like that, with any club, you know, it's it's just full of full of characters, and I don't think you need any. Um, you know, they're all as good as each other as if you approach them in the right way, I guess. See, it's a good job no one sees this the, before we start recording. Before you all turn up and I'm on Zoom on me, I'm just messing with my hair to make sure it's as perfect looking as it is right now. Um, authenticity, the word Craig. Um, thank you very much for your time. I, I think I'm assuming Phil, you're looking forward to the second episode as much as I am. Yeah, can't wait. I think it's breaking new ground. I think the um, announcement about Super League Plus streaming services, I, I think now this is exactly the kind of content that the game needs. Wicked. Oh, it's good to hear. I'm positive. Well, uh, best of luck. Again, any time we do interviews without people who are players, you, you come to the end and you go, best of luck for the next match, blah, blah, blah. And you know, Good luck with the film. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, the camera works. You know. Hey, do, you guys, do you guys go watch York? I mean, we've been to see them. They're not my team, but it's it's a lovely facility. And uh, we can catch up with you guys at some point. I'm I'm actually up next week, and uh, I'll be up like every month, like so. Let's stay in touch. I'd love to have a little coffee with you guys and and have a chat. What you guys think as well? Oh, well, Phil, Phil, you've got the Phil's got the coffee, and in, in, that, that's our studio there. You, you before we had a chat yesterday, listener, and Craig asked if we've got a studio, and I said, kind of. Would you describe it as a studio, Phil? <laughs> No, no, that 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 gives some degree of professionalism to what we do, which clearly we don't have. Yeah, but sometimes I think the studio will probably spoil it. I think I think what you guys are doing is, is cool. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't want to say anything for feel of getting a big head, but it's all about the content. It's all about the content, not the delivery of the message. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much for your time, and uh, we, we will catch up with you soon. Great, thanks a lot, guys. Speak soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.